I enjoy uh, listening to the radio when I ride throughout the, throughout the city. Um, good amount of time I like to talk on the phone because that's a, a, a commute. And sometimes I'll talk to friends, talk to family. Sometimes I'm talking to y'all while I'm driving. Um, but oftentimes I love listening to the radio. And whether it's music and I'm jamming in the car, uh, at some point, whether I'm listening to the Christian station, the non-Christian station, the jazz station, almost every radio station has a point where people call in and they want advice. Back in the day before internet and stuff like that, it would be like the Dear Abby section of the newspaper. You know what I mean? Like the, the hey, you know, I'm having some marital things and I want to know what I should do. I'm dating this guy. What should I do? We are considering doing this with our money. What are you? And there's people that are calling in constantly because they want advice. They want to know, what, what, what should I do based on these different relationships that I have? Family, our, our elder team thinks that God speaks clearly about relationships, that he has some answers for relationships and not only wants to give us a, uh, uh, just a quick response, but actually wants to use relationships, this, this connecting of people, this crossing of lives. He wants to use relationships to allow us to thrive in him and also allow us to care for one another. So we're going to be going through a series over the next five weeks where we're talking about relationships, thriving in God and caring for one another. And those relationships will look like us discussing marriage, uh, we're going to be discussing parenting, but today we're kicking it off with my homies, the singles. <laughs> I know y'all supposed to get live from you. Yeah, we're in here. Yeah, we're going to be talking about, oh, uh, that's all right. That's all right. Y'all strong, though. Y'all are strong. <laughs> we're going to be talking about singles. So would you pray with me? Lord, we are thankful that you give us the most important relationship, which is one with you. We pray, Lord, as we get to model that relationship in a variety of ways, uh, that we would learn from your word what that looks like, um, how to do it in a way that brings you glory, and how we do it in a way that encourages uh, one another. Father, move me out the way so that your people may hear from your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the single population is increasing. Uh, Every year, uh, the number of people that are single is changing and increasing. Uh, There were generations where you looked forward to turning 18 just so you could get married, where you looked forward to enlisting in the army or the service and getting married to someone. That's not the case anymore. The, The idea that soon as I grow up, The founding character mark of me being an adult is marriage. It's something that has passed and been left behind a couple generations now. And so we see even across different racial lines, the same amount of people increasing in singleness uh, in our nation. Actually, they said that now we are at a stage of 50% of our nation is single, meaning never been married, possibly meaning widowed, possibly meaning divorced. However it gets described, being single now, about half of our country is single. Of those that attend church, 
uh, 23% of singles that are women come to church. And unfortunately, only 15% of singles that are men come to church. We are uh, in, the, in, this, in this season of wanting to pause and just say, man, like singles are a vibrant part of our church family. And we want to make sure that we spend some time talking to what it looks like to be single and what, it, what God says about it. I want to do three things today. I want to talk about how God views singles. All right. I want to talk about why it's tough to be a single person. And then I want to talk about how to thrive in singleness, how to thrive in singleness. And, and a, a few people helped shape my view on this. I spent a, a good amount of time in the word, but there are some resources that I want to point you to. A professor named Barry Danlack, uh, who's at Rocky Mountain College, he has a, uh, uh, an entire ministry that's just about understanding what it means to be single from God's perspective. Uh, he greatly influenced my perspective, as well as John Piper, uh, who's written a number of things. And one that I think is a, a good articulation is a sermon he does called Single in Christ. Uh, they both help shape uh, my perspective and what I'm going to be encouraging you in today. Family, when you think of what it looks like to, to, to be really successful, to ball out, to be affluent, to be uh, seen as somebody that's stacking, that's balling. What, what, what comes to mind? Maybe you think of some really nice cars with really nice rims. Maybe you think of a really big house. Yeah, I was raised in the hood, y'all. I would love a really nice car. I'm talking about big rims, bass in the trunk, Rumping down the street, yep, setting off all your your house alarms. That, <laughs> sorry, that's that's just that just do that. But but what's some what's some of your what's some of the things you think about when you think of what it means to be affluent? There's something that pops in your mind. Well, whatever. There's a there's a that 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 term of like doing extremely well. That term of thriving. That term term of having favor, Joseph. No debt. That's a good one. See, I need to come down your street more often. You know, I want to spend to get big rims. This brother like, nope, I'll be on a scooter. Just let me have no debt. I like that. I like that, brother. But when, but when we think about God and we think about the, this term of what it looks like to ball and to floss in the world, like in, in biblical times, that would be deemed the term favor or more commonly blessing. What does it mean to look like you're blessed? All right. And I want us to take a moment to dive into the scriptures because God helps us understand what it means to be blessed from a singles perspective. But I got to give you some background so that you can understand why it means what, what, what the word is saying to the single. So if you could turn with me to Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and you might have you should have a Bible in front of your knees. We're going to be going to the first chapter. We're looking at Genesis one. And we're going to look at verses 27 and 28. What's it mean to be, to be blessed? To be in that, that favor of the Lord. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the earth and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So so God creates humanity. He says, I want I want you to reflect me. I want you to look like me. When people see you, I want them to be able to see me. And then he blesses them. And, and, and you look at the first thing he says to them, found in verse 28. And God said, after he, after he blessed them, God said to them, be fruitful and what? Multiply. Multiply. Now, in, in, in embedded in that is this idea that they would go and have a bunch of kids. They would go out and allow the, their lineage the children that flowed from them to be image makers as well, to be ones that also will reflect God. So you got all these, you know, how you, how you uh, Fourth of July coming up and, 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 and you take a, a pack of sparklers and you start with one, you light it, and then you keep lighting other sparklers, right? And all those sparklers shine a, 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 a beautiful image of this lineage of, man, it starts with one, but then they're supposed to be creating and we, we see this as, as, as an aspect, and I know y'all are like, man, we talking about kids, but wait, I thought we were talking about singles. Stay with me. I got you. I got you. I'm coming. We see our, our, our father of the faith, this man named Abraham. Uh, in, in chapter 11, he's been, he's been spoken about in Hebrews. He's been spoken about as, as a father of the faith, this man who was going to get a great inheritance of land, but also was going to get this great inheritance of children. In, in Genesis 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a, a blessing. A blessing, all right? So we see blessing being connected to children. All right. We see that. And even his name gets changed in Genesis 17, where his name goes from being Abram, which is a high exalted father, being changed to Abraham, which means father of the nations. So we see this theme in the OT that blessing equals kids and a physical lineage is one that you should be aspiring after. But then, uh, then God flips the script a little bit. He, he, he changes it a little bit because there's a, a, a bit of a higher call that he gives us. If you could then now go to, with me to Isaiah, book of Isaiah. We're going to the 56th chapter. All right. Trying to first make the case that there was, there was a blessing, there was favor, there was this, this idea that having children was a sign of, 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 of God saying, man, my favor's upon that person. And, and I, I don't even think I got to stretch that far with that one, right? I mean, in our society today, people do the same thing. I mean, people will, will look at you and celebrate children uh, in a manner that's very unique. I, I, would, I would definitely say, even in our church, 
I've never heard us like submit a prayer request and be like, hey, I'm doing great in my singleness. And people go, yay, praise the Lord. In the way we do when we write out, hey, I'm pregnant. And we celebrate. Not wrong, not bad. There's just a, there's just a clear difference in the way in which we look at singleness and the way we look at, look at couples who have children. Fair? But, but, that's, but that's not how God sees it. Look here in Isaiah chapter 56. And Isaiah is that, that prophet who's like, look, y'all, the Messiah is coming. You need to know that in all things, get your heart right. Repent. He's coming. I want your heart in order. Get ready. The Messiah, the one who is saving all of humanity, has come before the Lord. Be right. And then he says these words in Isaiah chapter 56, verses four and five. He says, for thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant. I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall never be cut off. Now, first off, let me let me make sure I, I, I explain the term eunuch. Because some of the single people just got mad at me. What you trying to say, Pastor? Don't be. <laughs> but eunuch simply means a person that is single. Because in those days, if you were united with someone, if you were married, there was no uh, forms of, there were no conduct that you could use to keep yourself from getting pregnant. So when you were married, you had a bunch of kids because those activity brought forth a bunch of kids. And so the people who were considered those that did not have children were considered eunuchs. Now, there are some, and Peter met one from uh, uh, Ethiopia, uh, Egyptian. There were some in that era that would uh, castrate themselves to show their allegiance to royal authority. But that was not the norm. That was a small group. Eunuchs were considered single people. All right. And so my my single folk in the room, y'all could just, you know, Y'all can bond sometime and be like, what up, my eunuch? You know what I'm saying? Like, there could be some camaraderie going on. You know what I'm saying? But notice. (laughs) Notice that he says in in verse 4, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant, I will give in my house and within my wall a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. Now, if before we said the mark of blessing was that of children, whether you were a child and you got to say, man, I am in Abraham's line. Look at me. We see in the New Testament, they start fighting over who's in what line. You in Moses' line? What up? No, no. You in Abraham? What line are you in? We see that there's times where people want to be in a certain lineage. Or they want to have children to demonstrate how blessed they are. Either way, what he's saying is, no, I got a designation for you. 
Those that don't have any children, you who are single, I got a designation for you that's even better than what the world deems and even what I have deemed as being blessed. I got one that's greater. Why? Because you are committed to my Sabbaths. You're committed to my covenant. And what is that covenant? That I will be your God and you will be my child. You are mine. I am yours. There is nothing greater, nothing stronger than that relationship. And so if you want to know what it means to be blessed, oh, as a single people, single person, don't define it by whether you have children or how many children you have or whether you have a spouse or anything else. What it means to be a thriving, one that's flourishing, single person. What it means is that this God says, I got something better for you because you love me and you're willing to live out my covenant and you're willing to, to have some, some parameters that, that model you believe in my holiness, you're keeping my Sabbath. It's a better blessing. It's a better blessing, but it's hard. It is, it, it, it is a hard task, and uh, my temptation today was to give you like, here's the 10 ways of how to be the best single. But I actually think that like we, we can't even get there yet because what we need first is the understanding of who we are as, as people, who you are as a single person. And when you know who God is in the, midst of, in the midst of that, like as he defines who you are, the beauty of who you are, the how-tos will work themselves out. We'll, we'll get to those. But being single is hard. First off, we can't even describe what it means to be single and it cover everybody equally. You know, like sometimes we have uh, singles that have arrived there in different ways. We got some people who've been single because they have never been in a, uh, uh, a deep relationship. We have some singles that have been married and divorced. We have some singles that have been in very intense relationships that have been close to marriage, but it has not happened. We have some singles that have, that have uh, been married and now are widows. So even when you talk to singles, you, we, there's, a, there's conferences for each one of those. All right? But, but uh, we've, got, we've got single people who also were in relationships, whether it was before Christ and they had children and then they came to know Jesus afterwards and now they're living for Christ as a, as a parent that's single. Um, we have some that are, um, yeah, just how you get to that point of singleness is very, very different. But what we do know is that singles are being targeted at an alarming rate. There are 7,500, 100 singles dating websites. 7,500. Just the online industry is a $1.8 billion industry. And right now, eHarmony is responsible for 4% of all marriages. Why do I list those things? I list them because what I'm saying is that there is a voice that is coming to singles and it's constant. 
it is, it, is, it is constant. And we want to make sure that the voice of the Lord is heard as you have to wrestle through all these marketing schemes that's trying to get your attention, as you have to wrestle through all these voices from, from, from friends who say stuff to you like, what's wrong with you? Why are you still single? As, as, as we have... Some 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 things that make this messy, y'all. I mean, most most races, uh, gender wise, balance out as far as availability of men to women. Uh, but that's not the case for African Americans, unfortunately, due to uh, men killing men, due to incarceration, uh, due to health issues. Uh, there are just less black men than there are for black women. And so the, the, the pickings become slim. But that would be that that's that's the case, period. When you look at the church, white, Hispanic, whatever color you look at, when you look at the number of women that are in the church compared to the number of women, I mean, excuse me, number of women in the church compared to the number of men in the church, the pickings start getting slim. And my sisters in this church said, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a, a, a mental and an emotional burden that can sometimes just make singles feel as if something is wrong with them. I want to read a quote from Janelle Harris. She's a sister that does a singles blog. She says, there's a mental and emotional burden that results from thinking something is wrong with you because you've been single for so long. A feeling of being unlovable or dysfunctional because this one desire of your heart has been left untouched by God. I had to get over that. We all do, especially trusted leaders who propagate it. I'm single, but I'm not a victim of singleness. It's hard being a single person. It's hard being a single person, but, but, I, but, I, but, but I think the Bible speaks clearly and agrees that it's a little harder being single than it is being married. And y'all going to say, what? Go with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And sometimes singles, just, just you hearing how much you are valued, just you hearing how beautiful God sees you, just you knowing That what defines you is not your children, not who you're married to, but your love relationship with this holy God can be something that helps get you through some of those hard times. First Corinthians chapter seven. We're looking at starting at verse 32 and uh, just give you some background. Our brother Paul has 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 tried to basically say, look, like life is. This whole chapter is about being married and being single. Uh, but, but, he's, but, but leading up to verse 32, he's saying, look, this world is dying. Live passionately for the Lord. Go hard for Christ. I want you to be about doing things for an eternal victory. And then he starts in uh, verse 32. He says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. 
and the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. And verse 38, so then he who marries is betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. What's our what's our brother Paul saying there? All right. I think he's trying to trying to lay out like um, some comparisons. And at first glance, the married folks is like, wait, Pastor, you said you think singles got it rougher than being married. You don't know who I'm married to. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look right up front. Stay looking at me right now. Stay looking at me. We'll be talking about marriage in the coming weeks. But right now, as we talk about singles, can, can, I, can, I, can I do a little bit of a comparison? And I tried to have my sister Jenny hook me up with a little, a little diagram. That was the cue, Jake. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So if you're single... You get to make solo decisions. You get to say, God, you spoke to me. I heard you. And now I get to respond. I'm not saying that that response is easy. I'm not saying what it looks like to be obedient is easier. What I'm saying is, it's just between you and God. I hear you, Lord. You get decision making that's just between you and God, you alone. But in doing that, you don't get the physical intimacy side. You don't get the comfort, the compassion, the touch. You don't get the encouragement of somebody saying, man, you just went hard today. You just worked your butt off. I just want you to know I see good job. You don't get it as a single person. But as a married person, you get the physical intimacy side. You get that side. But now when God says something to you, you now got to wrestle with, and what does she say? Or what does he say? Now you, you, you maybe as a single person said, okay, I want to go ahead. I hear you, God, saying go to Nepal. We're going to Nepal. We're going to serve. I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm ready. Give me the mission organization. I'm headed there. But then you get married and you start being like, what kind of schools they got in Nepal? <laughs> Honey, can you check out the water and the pH balance of the water there for the kids in, in Nepal? Let's be real, parents. Let's be real, spouses. You start thinking about stuff that you hadn't thought about as a single person. You ain't even think about health care as a single person. You're like, what? Health care? What? Now you're like, baby, you put me on the plan? You know, you, you start... And, 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 and single people, I think what, what, what Paul was trying to say is it is harder for you because you go home alone. Loneliness is the greatest, from our statistical understanding in America, loneliness is the greatest contribution to depression and alcoholism. It is real. It is real. The, 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 the help made in Genesis 2 was created out of Adam's loneliness. 
So we, we, we want to pause and be with you for every single person in the room because sometimes we can glamorize being single and be like, um, but you get to come and go when you want and you get to like spend your money how you desire and like you can go hang out. with. No, no. Being single is tough, but it's worth it. Because as a single person, you can hear directly from God respond in a manner that brings him great joy and you don't have to wrestle with anybody else and their needs. And God is trying to say to you, that is a joy, that is a, that is a gift. Thrive in that gift during this season. Family, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that being married is crazy easy or anything, but when you, when you look, I tried to have her tilt the scale just a little bit, just, just a tad bit. Singles, we with you. We with you. But there's, but, but, there's a, but there's a greater inheritance than trying to get to the point of kids. There's a greater inheritance than trying to get to the point of spouse. The inheritance is one of a beautiful and a holy God who says, I love you. I am with you. I've got something better for you than just that. And so how do singles thrive? How do singles thrive? Well, first... It's, it's a renewing of our mind to be able to see singleness as a gift. Sometimes, and in our culture, singleness is deemed like a curse sometimes. You still single? But whoa, what, what would it look like if the church body came around singles and said, man, how are you doing in your gift of singleness right now? Now, now, now gift is... And I want to look at Paul, what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're just going up a little bit to verse 7. Because gifts in this context is not used like gift of hospitality or the gift of evangelism. It's not, it's not used in that same way. Here it's used as in you being able to, 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 to be totally sufficient in the season that you're in. That God's grace is sufficient for you during that time. It says, I wish that all were as I am. This is 1 Corinthians 7, 7. I wish that all were as I am, and he was single. But each has his own gift from God, one of a kind, uh, one of one kind and one of another. So basically what, we, what, what I'm trying to help you see is, man, what would it look like for us to view singleness as a gift opportunity that God has given for you to give full devotion unto him. What it look like if, 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 if we see every aspect, we're going to be talking about relationships, we're going to be talking about parenting, we're going to be talking about being married, we're going to talk about being singled. And what would it, being single, what would it look like if you came up to somebody and said, how are you doing in your gift of singleness? Because during this season, which might be a day, it might be a month, it might be five years, it might be 10 years. We don't know how long each person's span of singleness is. What we do know is God saying during your span, it's a gift because I'm allowing you to be solely devoted unto me. But my grace is sufficient to meet you with all the hardships that accompany it. Jesus says in uh, in, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 12, and I think it'll be up here. I know I got y'all flipping a lot today. 
but he's talking about the eunuchs, and he says basically that there's a variety of ways that people end up becoming single. He says, uh, for there are eunuchs who have been born, who've been so from birth. There are eunuchs who've been made eunuchs by men. Uh, there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. I think that there's a, a very uh, special and unique gifting for those who say that I want to be single for the Lord my entire life. The desire for marriage is a healthy desire. And don't think that you're being sinful because you're a single person that wants to be married. That, that is not sin. That, I believe that that is a healthy way that God has wired us. But some people in that desire also feel the Lord calling them to serve in a manner where they say, Lord, my devotion unto you is to you alone. And what you are calling me to means that I will not be married to another person for this call is one of singleness until my last day. That, I believe, is a unique gift that the Lord gives, and I don't think is, is mandated for all singles, all right? But I do think that there is a gift and a measure of grace that he gives you in your season of singleness that brings him great glory. And here we see that people end up being single for a variety of reasons, and that you, as a single person, should, should take on the opportunity God gives you with joy. Your singleness is not a punishment. Your singleness is an opportunity for God to look at you and say, my beautiful son, how you got here might have been jacked up or how you got here might be totally healthy. There's a lot of different ways that singles end up being single, but I'm so excited to use you. My daughter, I'm so excited to use you. But lastly, there's a, an, an image that singles communicate to all of us and that single people communicate to the world. And it's, a, it's a, uh, a holy image of the bride of Christ being unified with him and him alone. Read with me in Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 and 7. It says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of many mighty. Oh, I'm sorry. People are turning here. Let me let y'all turn. Revelation chapter 19, start at verse six. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out. Hallelujah. For the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. I want to read a quote from a brother that I feel like helped sum this verse up well for us. His name is Brooks Waldron and in in an article he wrote called Singles with Purpose, he says this. He says, singleness demonstrates in the present the future reality of the church's union with Christ. For in the age to come, all will be as single Christians are now. Christ will be united to his people in marriage forever, and his people will all be single. 
devoted to him and him alone. Singleness glorifies God by communicating the message that love and devotion to Christ is primary and it is eternal. It says to the watching world, God is enough. God is sufficient. God is better than anything or anyone else. God is worth all the pain of following him. This is the meaning of singleness. It is a high calling. And the message it communicates is not about the single person, but about God himself. Family, so, so excited to walk with you in your singleness during this time. And you might be like, man, well, pastor, couldn't you couldn't you actually like have this conversation for the singles during their own time? No, because this is the fabric of our church and this is how we All people, whether you are married or not, should be coming around our singles. We should be recognizing that, man, you got a unique fight that's different than mine right now. And I want to know how you're doing. In our mat groups, are, are we spending time loving on one another in a way where we celebrate your singleness in a way that's a, a missional expression unto our community? But are we also like, man... That's tough. So because it's tough, and I could potentially imagine some of the things you struggle with, can I give you a call at night? Can I shoot you a text just to see how you're doing? Can I write you a card just to let you know I see, I see you grinding, I see you pushing, I see you thriving for the Lord, and I know it's not easy, but I got your back. Singleness is a beautiful expression unto a holy God. But family, this is a a, a theology. This is an understanding that we as an entire church body embrace, not just a message for the singles, but a message for all of us. Amen. Singles, you are beautiful. You are treasured by God. You You are an expression of his grace unto this world and unto this church body. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for caring for this church body. And we thank you for the women and for the men that are present, Lord, and that are single. Would you allow your light to shine through them? And would you allow that light to shine unto our neighborhood, our community, and unto our world? We pray, Lord, for their perseverance. We pray, Lord, for their steadfastness in you. We pray, Lord, for their commitment to you, that they would see you as the great prize, Lord, we know that they are in varying places of their walks, some desiring to be married tomorrow and some not desiring that at all. And Father, we are praying that you would meet them where they are, but that they would not feel less than in the kingdom of God, but be valued. We love you, Jesus. It is in your holy name we pray. Amen.